Hey everybody, this is John Tady welcoming you back to Pop Mom, the podcast where culture is relative. Yes, it's time again for my mom, Bonnie Tady, to share her view of pop culture, small town life, and the riddles of human nature. On this episode, Mom and I remember the career of Alex Trebek. Let's bring Mom in now. Hi, Mom. Can you hear me over the leaf blowers? <laughs> I can't hear the leaf blowers. And okay, may good. I add, I mean, who has a yard big enough to own no. a leaf blower? No Your one. Your yards are, yeah. yeah. No, it's ridiculous. Everybody has a postage stamp backyard here in the city, yes. and we're lucky to have that, right? Yeah, um, it's quite nice. But every Tuesday, every week, Mom, these people next door have this crew come through with their gas-powered leaf oh. blowers, the most pollutant yeah. machine you can possibly operate, and to blow the leaves off of their tiny, <laughs> tiny lawn. Do they even have a tree? Um, they don't. They don't have a tree. Oh, yeah, they have a little one. They have a little tree. <laughs> oh, they do. Yeah. Okay. Apparently, it makes massive amounts of leaves. Uh, apparently. <laughs> apparently. But could just get out there and rake. And I say that as someone who hasn't picked up a rake in, I don't know, like, <laughs> <laughs> almost a year now. But... And you know, here the the sound of a lawnmower can go be can go off at any time because yeah. it's you know it's that kind of a neighborhood, uh, but we're not that close, so the sound of it is not like it's right in your dining room. Somebody's you know running the lawnmower in your dining room, like where you are, where things are a little closer yeah. together. But you know what happened yesterday? We needed gas, so we went down to the to the big. Uh, mini mart there was a helicopter hovering right on the edge oh. of route uh, of our of that big highway mm -hmm. in front of us not yeah. not big highway you know what i'm saying route 11 just yeah route 11 hovering 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 hmm. alarming uh, yeah alarming and mysterious and <laughs> and weird and uh as we drove by we saw the uh results of what we've been hearing all summer they're putting more high power lines uh, down the road a, a ways. Oh, really? Yeah. Just what you like to see. Oh, yeah. Let's get a little more pollution running through here, through this little <laughs> nook nestled in the mountains of, of New Hampshire. Oh. And, you know, years ago, years ago, they put a cell phone tower on Mount Kearsarge. Yep. Uh, in, in secret, without any yeah. hearings or whatever. They just showed up one morning, plopped it down, and left. And people were outraged. There was all kinds of lawsuits, and I never heard a thing about this. I don't know. But anyway, helicopter. I might have to add it to my list of, you know, submarines and time travel. I'm not sure. Because it was pretty scary. So this is a list that consists of submarines, time travel, and helicopters. And what is the heading of this list? Uh, just things that that I'm like uh, that make me very, 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 very uncomfortable. Okay, um, I'm not sure which one to start with, but let's go with submarines. 
I think submarines are, they are just so sneaky. They remind me of snakes because, you know, they're just, they're just under the water. You can't see them. And then that, that little breaking of the surface just, just, just terrifies me. I could be, I could be swimming someplace and there could be a submarine underneath me. Uh, that doesn't bother you? Unlikely. <laughs> well, I just think they're very sneaky, mm-hmm. and the whole image of them surfacing, it makes my stomach not up. It just it just does. Well, because when they're coming up, the water is like a skin falling off almost, the way that the water sort of forms a vacuum and yeah it's it's a weird uh, visual now that i picture it plus i've read a lot of uh books i read a book one time about a person in maine that used to walk the shores because he was sure there were submarines out there during world war ii and um every day and uh, you know and sometimes in the night he would be out there watching and finally when everybody just said, oh, he's crazy, he's nuts. He finally won surface. So they were all along the eastern seaboard. Wow, it's a good thing that guy was standing there, keeping watch. And and he saw it. Well, you know, that was just, that's like people that that believe in contrails and stuff like that, you know. Well, except this guy was right. Well, he was right, but nobody believed him, and that's how it went. I, I also have to say, I think it's connected to the fact that my uncle was quote unquote rescued after a plane crash by a submarine that was German and pulled him under. So oh, that's how Jesus. he died. Yeah. So I didn't know that's well, how that. Well, I tell that. Yeah. Tomorrow being veterans day, it's a good time to remember our grandfathers and great grandfathers and, yeah. Such. Uncle Bonnie. Uncle Bonnie. That's right. Your namesake. Uh, wow. Uh, and now I have to move on to time travel, which uh, you know is not real. That's the, the sort of a, one of these things is not like the others on the list here. And time travel is not real. So. Well, but you see, here's what I'm going to tell you. This is what I related to. When I was on the school board, they used to say, "This we're going to come up with this idea and we're going to present it to the voters and it's not going to pass. It will not pass this time. Don't be disheartened. It takes three years for it to be passed. It'll take three years for it to be passed. And indeed, it took three years for whatever this idea was to be passed. So I think I'm seeing time travel on shows and movies and i'm just afraid that one of these times it's going to be real and i i can't breathe at the thought of it can you come back from it um i i have just vested a lot of thought into the whole thing and it terrifies me Now, the connection is a bit choppy, so I feel like I may have missed something, but what on earth does this have to do with the school board? How did we end up there? 
Well, it's just that that was their theory that it takes, you know, it won't happen until the third time. So maybe all these movies that depict time travel, maybe one of these times it will be real. We just haven't hit the right number yet. I see. So because it takes three attempts to pass anything in the school board, you're saying that one of these days time travel will happen. QED. That's what I think. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I know that doesn't make any sense, and I know it probably isn't true, but I'm willing to entertain the idea of it. I just hope that the uh, Kearsarge Regional School Board knows that they control the fabric of space-time and the laws of physics, apparently. And they've only just part of my yeah, theory. They've only um, tried twice to upend the standard model of physics, so maybe on their third try, they're gonna crack that nut. Wow. Um, well, well, it doesn't exist, so how did somebody... Why Why is it so popular? It's in all kinds of movies and, and, and television shows. I mean, so it's a thought. It's a real thought that's in people's mm. minds. Yeah. You know, we never thought we'd go to the moon. That's, that was laughable when I was in school. Well, elementary school. And then it happened when I was in high school. It's like, so all those books that people wrote, the the the... The school books were all wrong. The school books said it was impossible to go to the moon? Yeah, we never thought that was going to happen. Well, but did the school books say it was impossible? No, I can't remember. There was a chapter all about the moon, and it said, <laughs> first thing you got to know, impossible to go there. Just can't happen. It's well, too small. How could you stand on it? Look at it. You're terrible. You know what I'm saying. Anyway, that is a thought that just scares me, okay? Okay. Okay. You know, a thought that scared me was uh, four more years of Trump. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny now. um, I have mixed feelings about all these people that came out of the woodwork that that I thought were Maybe not getting their news from the most reliable source. How's that? How's that for uh, yeah, yeah. finesse? And now I don't know whether I'm more comfortable that they're going to have to recede a little bit into the swamp again, or, or at least I knew who you were before. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much they'll recede, um, since he himself is having a hard time receding. Although I'll say... Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of this guy. Um, we're done with that now. Uh, keep your yeah. eyes open. And we have a lot of work left to do to make this country a better place. And there's a there's a lot of criminality out there still at the highest levels. So keep your eyes open. I'll say that. But do not be afraid. I just feel I was talking to people, um, you know, in the hours after the election was called to talk to my mother-in-law, for instance, and she said, but... He's he's just going to keep yapping and yapping, isn't he? And I said, yeah. oh, what is he going to do, tweet? Oh, no. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to be scared of this guy anymore. And no. let's, let's face the next four years and the years beyond that with courage and determination. 
that's what we've been given license to do here. We have not fixed everything. We've fixed very little, honestly, but we've given ourselves a toehold <clears throat> to build a yeah. country again. So that's my message for the listeners. I, I say that um, because I want people to take a moment of celebration. And um, I don't mean to speechify here, but I really think it's important to enjoy that feeling of having a country again barely yeah but having a country yeah. again and just hold on to that and let it fuel you as we try to build a country that's worth respecting again that's right that's right and also you know a leader that that other countries will, will respect and that yeah. they can have some back and forth and build some bridges there uh that are good for all of us every everywhere and i think that's a that's a a necessary advantage that we're going to have yep you know that this is somebody that is respected and can express himself well and and you know let's face it i do believe politics is a sort of a game and he knows how to play it yeah how to be diplomatic how to how to present right. himself yes. how that's well, what I mean. Yeah, it has rules and customs and uh, a language of its own. Um, right. Diplomacy, yes, and he knows how to conduct himself. Um, I mean, his speech on, you know, the day that he was uh, called, it was called by the media, and his speeches since then have been very boring, which is how a presidential speech should be, in my opinion. Like, boring. I agree. I'm ready for boring. Here's I, some here's some facts. Here's some statements, and now I'm bye bye. I don't need your uh, I don't need everybody to to bow down before me. That's not what I'm here for. That's what I felt like. Uh, here's a president. Here's yep. what a president looks like. Yep. Well, I celebrated uh, when I regained my senses by, uh, and I, I'm sorry. Don't yell at me, okay? But I celebrated by deleting everybody that had something nice to say about the outgoing president uh, on their Facebook page. I I feel like I know who you are. I don't respect your values, and I, I don't want to read you anymore. And so now I'm down to about 12 people. Yeah. People from – and, you know, this was the thing I said to Daddy that was so odd to me was that people that I went to elementary school, a very small elementary school, so you know everybody. You know everybody's mom. You probably don't know their dads, but you know everybody's mom. You know where they live. You know what they eat for lunch every day. You know a lot about them. But now as being 68 years old, you don't really know those people anymore. They've all turned into something different. And some of them, you think they all think like you because they came from the same beginnings as you, but some of them were supporters um, on the other side. And I, I found that very shocking because I felt like I know these people. These are, these are my friends until I realized I don't know them and what they've become. So um, that was a very enlightening moment, actually, for me. Well, I think there's truth to that, although I'll also say you may have known them pretty well up until quite recently because people have been indoctrinated so feverishly over the last few years. It's like a cult. It's 
it's really like people have gone to the other side. Um, and I, so I guess I view it as more artificial, you know, like I don't know them. I don't, I don't feel like, I feel like people have been twisted. I feel like they've been twisted by Fox News and by Facebook, Facebook especially, which is the ground zero for right-wing disinformation. And it's just bad informational nutrition that they've been fed by these giant platforms for years. Um, I'm not saying I don't blame people and that people shouldn't take responsibility for their own words and actions, but I do, as someone who studies media and understands the power of it, I do feel for people who have had their whole worldview so totally distorted. And this is the problem that's not going away, Trump or no. Yeah. Yes. I do agree with you. Um, let me let me tell you this this little bit. You know, my neighbor on one side has a has a Biden Harris sign that I believe he took down yesterday. And the guy on the other side had Trump Pence on his lawn and he took his down on Saturday. And I thought, mm-hmm. which is the day it was called. Right. And I said, that's the right way to do it. He, you know, he didn't leave him up and say, yeah, yeah. you know, shake his fist at the, at the neighbors and whatnot. He took his signs down. And I said to daddy, you know, if this wasn't COVID times, you know, I would probably bake something and, and go over and say, I'm glad, you know, I'm glad we can still be good neighbors to each other and blah, 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 blah. Um, But I, you know, my last conversation I had with him, I booed him. So I'm not (laughs) sure how to go back and it was lighthearted, but but now I'm not sure how to. Maybe maybe it's just you don't say anything. Maybe it's just hi and. Nice weather or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think high and nice weather is sufficient. All right, because because I, I wouldn't I wouldn't bake something now for COVID. I mean, uh, for our other neighbors, I made them dishcloths because when they moved in to welcome them. So that was nice. Well, I didn't want to bake something, so I made something. And if you'd like a dishcloth, just let me know, because I have about 427 of them. (laughs) Good, thanks. (laughs) Moving on. Moving moving on. Um, Well, uh, should we talk a little about Alex Trebek? (sighs) Yeah. Okay. On November 8th, the producers of Jeopardy! announced that the show's longtime host, Alex Trebek, had died peacefully in his sleep, a little more than a year after Trebek told fans he had been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Although he will be remembered most for his long, world-record-setting long tenure at the helm of America's premier quiz show, Trebek was a lifelong broadcaster who hosted a wide variety of shows, especially in his early years as a jack-of-all-trades at the Canadian broadcaster CBC. He hosted a pop music dance show and interviewed world-class classical musicians. He handled brainy nerds 
and daffy celebrities with equal grace. He was the consummate host, and this week on Pop Mom, we remember him. Uh, football 200. Your choice, do or don't name this play in which the quarterback runs the ball and can choose to pitch it to another back. It's an option play. Ryan? <laughs> uh, football, 400. I can tell you guys are big football fans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tom Landry perfected the shotgun formation with this team. Dallas Cowboys. Uh, do you think we should go to commercial? <laughs> Ryan? Take it on to 600. Okay, by signaling for one of these, a returner can reel in a kick without fear of getting tackled. Fair catch. Two clues left, Ryan. 800. These penalties are simultaneous violations by the offense and defense that cancel each other out. And they are called offsetting penalties. Let's look at the $1,000 clue, just for the fun of it. <laughs> Jimmy? Mom, the answer is, this is what comes to mind when you think of Alex Trebek. It's hard. Yeah. <clears throat> it's hard. He was... He was... Oh God. You know, he was... He was from a, an era of game show hosts where people knew how to walk the fine line between being a star, being in charge, and yet making the contestant feel like he or she is the star of the show. And that is a talent that I think is really lost. Hmm. Well, we talk about game shows a lot here on the uh, on the podcast. Uh, it's a favorite genre of both of us, and uh, I've talked before about how um, there are still people who host game shows, but there's not really game show hosts anymore in the sense of uh, people whose main gig is to host game shows. There's not as many game right. shows anymore, and um, they tend to cast names um they tend to match a you know a comedian or a sitcom actor or whoever to a show um really on a case-by-case -case basis and they're looking for someone who they're not looking for that set of talents that a host used to have which i describe as an on-camera producer someone who's um running the show before your very eyes and making decisions based on presenting the best broadcast possible um, and not just being out there as a performer, which is which is what hosts generally are now. They're performers who ask right. questions, and that's fine. A lot of them do a good job at that, but that role of someone who knows how to keep the wheels turning and is thinking on three or four different tracks at once, right. um, that that doesn't exist so much in the world of game shows. I think in like sports broadcasting, in news, right. a lot of that same skill set still applies. Not all of it, but a lot of the same skill set. But this job of game show host doesn't really exist anymore, and nobody was better at it than Alex Trebek. And again, I said in the intro that he hosted a wide variety of shows, and he hosted them with aplomb. And I say that 
what I mean by that is that he really shaped his personal style to the show. You know, we think of him as Mr. Jeopardy, this erudite, uh, you know, right. sort of avuncular, professorial type. But you watch him on, say, High Rollers, which is a show he hosted in the 70s, a Q&A show with a dice game attached. Um, and it's more of a casino vibe, and he's more of a sort of flirty, mustachioed ladies' man. <laughs> High Rollers! And here's the man with the action, Alex Trebek. Ladies in red, the ladies in red. Lovely gowns the girls almost had on. Welcome to our show. This is the last program of 1979. reason I'm wearing a tuxedo today is because I did it on the last show of 1978. Came out and told the people I wanted to be prepared for New Year's Eve in case I got invited to a party or something or got some good offers. As a matter of fact, I got a lot of good offers. Wound up selling the tuxedo for $140. I did all right. Now it's time to play our game. Someone who would have been at home on Playboy After Dark, say, you know, Hugh Hefner's right, uh, right. short-lived late-night show. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a very different Alex because he's bringing the part of him to bear that helps the show the most. It doesn't really help him as much to be a, a flirty, wisecracking <laughs> casino guy on Jeopardy, right? It wouldn't match right. up. So, and even his style on Jeopardy evolved over time. He was pretty stern and um, strict, I would say. He had a more strict uh, bearing in the early years of Jeopardy, and he softened up a little bit, as did the show um, yeah. over time. So even there, he he was aware of the approach he was bringing to a given show, and he uh, would try to craft it to just make the broadcast run as best it could. And so if you have watched Jeopardy for years and you think Alex Trebek is the perfect guy for Jeopardy, he embodies Jeopardy, you're absolutely right. Um, but Alex has played a little trick on you because he would be perfect for pretty much any show they threw at him. And that was a talent to me that's even bigger than being Mr. Jeopardy, that versatility. Right. And I agree with you, and I think it has a lot to do with just who Alex uh, was, in that his his goal was always to be uh, the the host, the generous host mm. into your home. Yes, into your home. Uh, you know, let me get you a drink. Oh, you don't drink? Here's a soda. Here, you know, sit in this chair. <laughs> yeah. You know, he just yeah. he was very uh, he, he seemed. Uh, a very accommodating he knows his contestants are nervous um you know they have that little patter in the middle of the show where he can make them smile or laugh and probably relaxes them for just a minute or two before they continue um and he was very good at that yeah he, he was very you know very good oh that that gives you gives you credit for a question and then uh, a moment later he's he could come back and say, I'm sorry, so-and-so, you added an S to that, and uh, so I'm sorry, but we're going to take away. You know, I mean, it all felt okay. It was all okay because he presented it in such a lovely way. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. a talent. It's true. Yeah, he really he ran that game uh, very well. and Yeah. 
with compassion. You know, he was yes. a pretty he was a pretty laid back guy and he wasn't a big um he wasn't big on the hollywood scene um he was never like a star in that sense he was content with his job he said um as in the waning months of his life uh what am i going to end up doing here am i just going to spend my last days uh, sitting in an easy chair or sitting outside in my home and staring into the distance and he said you know what Maybe so, and that's fine with me. Um, yeah. He didn't mind being <laughs> invisible is what I'm trying to say. Right. You know? Yes. Right. Right. And, and, and by, you know, he didn't need to be, um, um, I can't think of it, but, he, you know, he didn't need to be Brad Pitt. He didn't need yeah. to be at all the, all the, the galas and the, the red carpet stuff that really wasn't him, but his very essence was what made him so great. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, without flash and yeah. Yeah. A host needs a little bit of that instinct toward invisibility because if, if you're always in the spotlight, you're not a very good host. <laughs> right. 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 But I feel like that's what the hosts that we get today are. Sometimes. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've been talking about these ABC shows and someone like Leslie Jones, you you don't hire that person to fade into the background sometimes, right? Right. And she, you know, don't even put that on her because that's not in her skill set and nor should it be. She right. is who she is. Um, we're that's talking about right. Supermarket Sweep. If you haven't been following the uh, podcast or the World of Game shows, she hosts the new Supermarket Sweep. Um, yeah. It was tough. It was uh... with such elation going yeah. on after after the election was called. I mean, just could have could have you could have flown me out in the yard, you know, like a kite. <laughs> um, and then I read that, and I just I felt like I plummeted. It just it was too much. But it was it, we knew it was coming. We did know it was coming. So. I guess. Well, yeah. But somebody that keeps saying, well, I'm going to beat it, I'm going to beat it, you, you're really pulling for yeah. it, you're really hoping for <laughs> Yeah, because it's it's easier to maintain the hope than to think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll miss him. I, yeah, and I will too. Well, Alex... Thank you for all the years of entertainment and kindness and just total broadcasting class. Uh, there's never going to be someone like you, that's for sure. We will no. miss you. Very much. Well, Mom, uh, do you have a recommendation to uh, Well, I do. get us back on the upswing here before we call it a podcast? <laughs> well, I don't know if this is good. Oh yeah, I should it's gonna be, be an gonna be another one of your. Is this another Holocaust book? I can't take it if it is. No, no, it's not. The book that I have to recommend is called "The Paper Daughters of Chinatown" by Heather Moore, M O O R E. It's about uh, a time when the Chinese gang would go to China uh, by children from their parents, saying, you know, they're going to be marrying a very rich man or they're going to have a wonderful job and then they would bring them over here 
uh, and sell them as slaves and whatever. And they are called paper daughters because uh, that's what the parents would have to, you know, let them adopt them. But they were only their their daughters or or sons on paper. So. Holy That's not crap. very crap. You got to start reading some more cheerful books. Honest to God, I, this, the <laughs> well, recommendation it's, section it's, is the biggest downer of the podcast. It's history, but all right. Here's how about this: the Queen's Gambit. An orphaned girl rises up from her terrible start in life and uh, is at a at an orphanage and learns the game of chess. And it opens the world to her. And it's a very interesting journey. It's very, very, very well done. And it will make your heart sing. It's not cheesy. It's just beautiful and inspiring. All right. That's on Netflix? Yes. Okay. So that's The Queen's Gambit on Netflix and some sad fucking book about child slavery. Good God. (laughs) Forget it. That'll do it for this week's edition of Pop Mom. (laughs) Mom and I will be back next week to talk about more pop culture. What should we talk about next week, Mom? Any ideas? Well, we're definitely going to talk about something interesting next week. Something interesting. Maybe Borat. (laughs) Oh, God. Help me. That's a problem. As I thought it might be, it just doesn't feel relevant after the election. No, no, it doesn't. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy the show, tell your friends. We'd love to get email. It's popmom at ological.net. Talk to us about anything. We love you. Mom and I will talk to you again next week. Bye for now, Mom. Bye, Johnny. I love you. Love you, too.